The question in my mind is, how do you create or relaunch a highly profitable and successful six to seven figure business? With so much conflicting advice about the best ways to start and grow your business, how do you get it right the first time? I want to help entrepreneurs make a real difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch. My name is John North, and this is the Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs show. Join me today when we dig deep with our guests and get you the best blueprint so you can fast track your own business. This episode is sponsored by Volpreneur.app, your all-in-one online business system. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. So let's get into the day's episode. Hi, I'm Jace Webster. I just did an interview with John North on the Startup Secrets show. Uh, join in and watch the interview. It was a uh, cracker on joint venture marketing and strategies for high growth for startup businesses in order to get the most optimal use out of their time, energy, and resources at low cost, risk, and maximum return. Our very special guest is Jace Webster, who's a JV marketing guru, we'll call him. I don't know what he likes to call, call, call the guru, but we'll start there. No, probably not. So there you go. <laughs> Neither do I. I think it's crazy talk. So uh, welcome, Jace, to the show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Guru John. Thanks. <laughs> that was that was annoyed ourselves as gurus here, right? Gurus, yeah. Gurus seem to see the go. So, so yeah, tell, why me not? Little, tell me a little bit about where your background. So how would you get to be a JV guru in this mm. scenario? <laughs> Okay, so uh, how I started to be a JV guru. Well, look, it, it all stemmed back to the fact that um, I'll, I'll go back to the days before the days of, of entrepreneurship. I was a police officer and I worked in the divisional intelligence unit. So um, I had a way of being able to connect with people and gather information. We have ways and- of making you talk, right? <laughs> Exactly right. We have ways of making a talk. So, um, yeah, so I, I just, yeah, I, I gathered intelligence and I was able to collaborate with different people. And one of the mindset differentiations that I had and the reason that I got great results in catching crooks was the ability to collaborate even with the criminals, so to speak. And you would never actually see that happen. Um, most of the people that I worked with their mindsets were like, well, you know, they're crooks, so stuff them. But mm-hmm. mine was like, look after them. The more information you get, yep. the more you have the ability to then go on. Because in, in, when you're investigating, one lead always leads to another, to another, to another. And before you know it, you, you're doing your job and you're, you're catching a bigger crook than just the smaller and petty ones. But the smaller ones always lead to the big ones, right? So. Um, I mean, human nature too, people want to help you, right? It's interesting. If you ask someone for help, they'll tend to default to want to help you. It's amazing when you put someone down and go, mate, would you like a coffee? What can I do for you? You know, how many sugars? And then all of a sudden, information. <laughs> they blab. Just... <laughs> so, so no need for thumb screws. <laughs> no, no need for thumb screws. Uh, no, we're, we're in the 21st century now. Everything's changed, you know. Um, so it, it, it's, it's funny, you know, no more phone books or anything like that. <laughs> I did see a bit of that though as well. And yeah. that worked. It just wasn't my style. Um, but yeah, so moving on from there, you know, I, I had, um, I was always interested in personal development and growth. I was, you know, 
listening to the likes of Dr. John D. Martini and a few others. And um, I met him and as a police officer. And then uh, my off offsiders and colleagues and superiors were like, look, Jace, you need it. You, you, you got to be an entrepreneur. You know, you should start your own business. And um, so I went on that journey and then I decided, um, you know, I went into network marketing, started with that. That was, you know, that's always fun. I think every entrepreneur has a go at network marketing. It's, it's like fun. a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah, it's the rite of passage, right? It's the, and, and then you realize, look, uh, I'm making someone else really rich. And, you know, and running out of friends, usually. <laughs> <laughs> running out of friends. Don't know how many, you know, invites if, uh, if I could show you a way, would you? Um, <laughs> but it's a good starting point. It's a good rite of passage. So, you know, that, that gave me the capabilities. But wh- one thing that I was always doing, um, on my journey, uh, you know, being really the right hand man to a lot of the, let's just call them the legitimate gurus, like the ones that would be gurus in the marketplace. I had the fortune, for, enough fortune to work alongside these individuals and see what they were doing, including uh, Jay Abraham and everything. I was able to see what they were doing. And during the time that I was doing that, say roles of head of sales and development and stuff, um, I, I was always connecting people. So when people would say, I've got a problem, I'll go, oh, you need to speak too. Mm. And it was so effortless for me until the day I was actually walking on the beach with one of my friends and someone said, look, you know, you can get paid for what you do. And I was like, really? It's, it's so simple, you know, like, and um, yeah, it was so effortless and simple for me. So then I, started just getting the ball rolling and then I, I had enough courage to step out on my own which you know when you're in the seat next to the gurus that are doing all the lead generation mm. and all the work's coming in for you and you're still making good money for it um it's often hard to step out on your own because you're like now everyone's looking to you and um and hungry yeah, mouths so, to feed usually <laughs> you know yeah. your bills to pay hungry mouths to feed Exactly right. Exactly right. So, uh, and you know, you always want to deliver and you want to make sure you deliver. And um, yeah, JV's, you know, I couldn't have thought, I, I guess, you know, it, it comes effortless. So it, it just unfolded from there. And then I bought the domain jointventuremarketing.com uh, for, I think, around $7,000. Okay. Um, and Australian because it was yeah. in the US. So it was in the US bit, dollars. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't at the time that the dollar was matching. So it was, a bit, it was a bit sad. But I knew that I needed that because I was having conversations with people. I was saying, I'm from Joint Venture Advisory. That was the original name I called it. Mm-hmm. And then um, <laughs> and then people were like, oh, do you do like company mergers and stuff? And stuff? I was like, no, no, no. Are you an accountant? No. Are you a lawyer? No. So uh, joint venture marketing, people go, oh, yeah, you do marketing. You connect the dots, yeah. I had to get it. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's, I guess, the origin story of JVs and how it all stemmed. It was just just natural ability, really, and um, the love for just meeting people and putting them together. And, and so when you look at a potential client, and, and we, we sort of touched on in an earlier episode we did with it, was that mm-hmm. the ability to figure out the best client that you should be, like the best JV partner you should be looking for. Yeah. And, and also getting very clear about the right sort of client you should be looking for. Because if those two don't match, then you've got a real you know problem on your hands because you're going to be talking to the wrong people for the wrong things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look, you got to get ultra... That, you know, that story about sharpening the axe to chop down the tree. Um, in any business, you've got to sharpen the axe. You've got to get ultra 
ultra specific on who you're looking to target when you're setting up a partnership because you want the lines of communication to be succinct and deliberate to the point where someone goes, yeah, that's me and I want this. But number two, the partner has to see that you are someone of value and you are, you are actually understanding who their client is, which then helps establish trust, relationship, and all those, you know, four boxes, no love, like, and blah, blah, blah. Yep. And you, you do that. And then, you know, then the partner's going to be more comfortable because they're like, oh, well, you work with my ideal target market, which means that there's mutual respect and understanding there, the same jargon and everything, nomenclature. You know, it's speaking the same language and being on the same page. And that's probably the most important thing in order to build trust inside a relationship because that is like JVs is simply the transference of trust from you to the partner to the client back. And yeah, that's how it works. And trust is the thing. You know, like I think if, at the end of the day, no one buys you and if they don't like, know, like, and trust you. So I guess the same principle applies with JV. If they don't know, like, and trust you, then they're not going to not going to do anything for it. So when you go to do a JV, what do you find is the biggest problems in that sort of scenario? Let's say someone says they they go ahead with it. You you know let's do it. And in my experience, what's happened is that a lot of these JVs fall apart. So what happens is they don't do what they said they were going to do, um, or no one sort of actions it, or no one seems to be responsible for it. And so the whole thing just never goes anywhere. So how do you sort of seen that happen and how do you encounter that? That's a good question. Um, number one, it starts off at the beginning is setting, setting the standards and the expectations from the start. So you want to identify that you've got, you're going for a partner that's serious. But number two, they actually do see the benefit of doing it and they're going to be motivated and that's called all comes down to the initial questioning you know are you open to strategic alliances if we were to do this and it would do this would you be interested is that something that you would execute on getting really really clear then setting deadlines and expectations but fundamentally behind that once again relationship always that's always it's always maintaining that relationship constant channels of communication and then motivating uh, motivating factors also they have to have the resources in order to be able to one execute on the jv and you have the resources in order to fulfill and deliver on your end otherwise it all falls apart so whilst these are and jvs are the greatest strategy in order to scale at a fast pace um i would say that you have to really really get precise and dial in on exactly who you're targeting and everything has to, it has to work. And this is why someone like myself comes into the picture because I've got the capability of seeing it all and all the moving parts. And the helicopter um, view and at the end of yeah. the day, looking at it and saying, hang on a minute for a real person's not going to understand this. Like it's like, well, the product's too hard to sell or that person's yeah. not going to do what they say they're going to do. Yep. Yeah, correct. And, and that comes down to the, the, I like to call it the smoky gray line between um, businesses and speaking the same language, you know, um, if you approach, so if you say, for example, or a company, you want to work in big corporate, if you've got a CTO, like if you partner with a company that communicates with the CTO, but you need the CMO, that is a complete, uh, chief marketing to chief technology or information operator, different roles, different departments, mm you know, they may not even communicate with each other within the organization. It might be once a month. It, it, so that's just not going to work. What you want to do is go, okay, well, 
you know, I need a CMO and the partner that I'm partnering with needs to have access to the CMO in order to get into this corporate company. Um, that's playing at the bigger level um, mm. from a from a nuts and bolts small business level. Okay, I want to, I'm a business coach and I want access to say tradies. Um, they're my ideal client. Okay, who has access to tradies? Well, trade specific services, uh, you know, you can think mm. of them, but also web developers specific to trade. And if you think, and if you get even more dialed in on it, then it's like, okay, well, tradies know that they need a website and they need the web presence. Therefore, once they have a website and web presence, they might be doing SEO or lead generation. They're increasing their clients, which then inevitably leads to a business coach being necessary to help with the scalability of that business. So therefore, web developers... Life cycle, really. Yeah. Bingo. So it's, it's, all about, it's all about identifying um, not just, okay, yeah, that would be an ideal partner, but you know, where do you fit in it? Um, you know, I had an, uh, a company that does storytelling in corporate the other day and I partnered them with a film company, Vision Video, and they do corporate film. Now, it's very easy for corporate film to go, okay, well, um, we can see where you, you know, like the inevitable step from script scripting is now video. Mm. But on the flip side, it's a little bit more difficult to, plop it in so it's like where is it on the evolution mm. the evolved system so to speak mm, yeah, um, makes sense mm. and i think the thing is too is is paying attention like i i helped with a client's um venture with a pharmaceutical company and, and we went to a meeting and they'd almost got every single staff member they could find us once i found some in the hallway and brought them into the meeting i think because what happened was you ended up with all these different people talking about all these different things mm. and ultimately what happened was my realization when I came out of the meeting was no one's driving it. So everybody mm. was their own little department, but the reality was that no one's ever going to do anything because they all kind of wanted to look like they were doing something, but they were saying, waiting for someone else to do something. And so that's a tricky one I found in, in situations. Mm. If you don't get the right person driving it and mm. potentially from the top sometimes, um, because mm. they can kick bums, right? So if something goes wrong, you can get someone to kick a bum. If they're right down on the scale of things, they're not going to be able to push up in terms of management so yeah that's interesting I mean, my mind goes off and starts asking who would be the right driver behind something like that i mean if all else fails you just pull the janitor into the room and just go <laughs> <laughs> just get the janitor i would sit here and just he might have an opinion in. right he's probably got a better opinion than all of them i don't know he might have better ideas he probably see more things than everybody else so interesting is with cleaners yeah. right they're expected it's like children you know theoretically in the old days like seen and not heard right and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You're not even supposed to see them, right? So it's like wise think, janitor. Yeah, he's a wise janitor, so he probably knows everything. Yeah. So if, if someone wants to do a JV, and, and let's say they've got their they've got their um, right market right, they've got they figured out who their best customer is, and they, and I guess they've done some research to try and find those sort of people. Mm -hmm. um, what's the best way to open the lines of communication with this? Because I think you've got a pretty straightforward way of doing it, but I think a lot of people sort of try the soft way. But, but what's your best sort of outcome in terms of getting something done in that scenario? Yeah, go straight to the top. Um, don't bother about trying to work your way up the chains. Um, if, if you go directly to the top, and I'm just saying it, like without getting ultra precise on exactly who, mm. you want to start at the top because they can always refer you down. But going up is always more hard um, work, hard climb, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, if there's an, a position like head of partnerships, um, then they're good. But 
the way that I, I do it is it's just a very direct approach. There's no bullshitting around because I just don't have time. Mm. Um, so I, I have a, a, a four to five way approach, which is number one, first and foremost is one, get on Google, do your research. Number two, cross-reference with LinkedIn. Use a data scraper, something like Lucia that gets their direct contact mobile number. One of the feedback you want to be getting on the call a lot is how the hell did you get my number? <laughs> yeah, they're curious, right? How did you, how did you yeah. stop me? <laughs> you say, oh, back of the toilet door, you know? like <laughs> you, you should you see know. what they said about you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <talk>? yeah. <laughs> big, big lip marks around and love hearts. So, um, Look, I, I never say that. I actually, I actually explain to them exactly how I do it. And mm. Most times they're impressed, but it's also how you communicate. Um, but first and foremost, it's number one, pick up the phone. Why? Because that's just direct contact. Um, people appreciate cold calls these days, believe it or not, in outbound marketing because it's kind of like a lost art. Yeah. Uh, everyone's banging on about social media, but let's see how that's going to keep going for, for most. The reality with, with that is it's all it's so much automated now that it's, and there's so many scammers out there that basically it's like you can tell straight away this is not going to go well from the correctly line that you just got. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah correct. Exactly right. There's that many bots and everything. Um, you know, like I said earlier, um, not not on this call with you, but you know, I've got a CRM company and a tech company in, uh, in my client list and I still don't have a CRM. I use a notebook and pen and I know that from a standpoint of is it you know scale operationally scalable and everything like you know at the end of the day I, I get results and um, yeah I stick to nuts and bolts which is pick up the phone and have a conversation not using bots not using algorithms or anything like that um, so pick especially for partnerships because one partnership can add six to seven figures to your bottom line mm. is that worth picking up the phone yourself probably you know you've got to like you're ringing up. 150 people a day right you're, you're, exactly right you're cold calling 150 people a day you're probably ringing yeah. maybe luckily one two yeah yeah look if you're if you're in business definitely and you've got the time and the scope to do it um one of the problems that most business owners have is their capability to put energy on it and this is where i come in and it's one of the advantages people know the benefits of partnerships mm -hmm. they just don't have the time to yeah, do it the dedication so or the focus yeah so they'll hire me on my team and They'll do that. And, um, and, and then, um, yeah, so pick up the phone first and foremost. Uh, then LinkedIn introduction. Hey, um, just identify something about them and then finish off with, are you open to strategic alliances? Always say strategic alliances, less invasive than joint venture. Mm -hmm. Joint venture, even though in its, its form is a partnership and it's basic, um, can be seen as setting up a special purpose vehicle. So I say strategic alliance or partnership. Um, yeah just something simple like that. So LinkedIn connection and then uh, LinkedIn inbox message and then email and then WhatsApp message if they don't answer the phone and also leave a voicemail. So that's like five approaches there. And if you really want to be cool and you've got a good, you know, lead generation tool, say if you're an author or something and, you know, John, you work with um, people to publish books, as you know, the best lead generation tool, um, great way to position in the marketplace, lumpy mail, send them something, write a nice little handwritten letter in it, and then they will most likely reach out to you, you know? So um, that's where you come into it because, yeah, I, you know, I can't it's do it. It's funny, I had, a, had a, a guy that I knew years ago, and what he used to do is he used to send a picture of a crocodile in the mail, like a postcard, and he said, yeah. well, don't you answer my phone, I'll send your live one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and the other one he used to do was he'd, he'd find out the shoe size. He'd send him one salt, one shoe. And yeah. so in the meeting, I'll bring the other one. <laughs> it's like, it's like it's a very, and so some, you know, the like lumpy mail thing can work because um, mm. nowadays mm. hardly anybody gets any mail and it looks like a gift. It's yeah. going to, your secretary's not going to open it. You know, the yeah. gatekeeper's going to go, well, I'm not going to open this. It's like a gift. I better just put it straight on his desk. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's like you've got a situation where, you know, you can get past it really quickly because the gatekeeper's mm-hmm. not as um, relevant yeah. in that situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you are, uh, if the gatekeeper thing is going to be an issue, typically the gatekeeper thing isn't an issue when talking about strategic alliances and partnerships. And the reason for that is they don't know about it too much, so they can't really make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it's also bypassing a direct pitch um, for you selling something to a company. So it's it's kind of like the backdoor entry and it's an indirect way to build a relationship and then render your clients. I know it's one step removed from direct mm. approach, mm. Uh, but it does render greater results over a period of time, especially mm. with a good relationship and one with synergy. And I mean, if you go in the right way and you're not, um, you know, you're being nice about it and you're being respectful about it, I don't think most, most people don't get upset. It's when people get nasty on the phone and stuff like that as they start getting, you know, think we're not yep. dealing with that person ever again. So, I mean, it's, it's a great first impression that you've really got to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're really respectful, the gatekeepers, you know, they're, you've got to, they're human. Mm. Business is people and, you know, you treat people with respect and you get typically get results. Um, Pays pays to just be a good human in life. <laughs> True, good point. You make a good point there. Yeah, funny that, is isn't it? <laughs> life is much simpler, and I think um, you know certain things like pandemics bring out the worst in people and the best in people. So at the end of the day, like yeah. I think you'd want to be on the other side of the ledger, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean. That's why I moved to Tasmania and living on a farm now. Makes <laughs> <laughs> <That> sense. <laughs> so thanks so much for coming on. Um, and I think it's a good subject to work on. And I think it's for, for an entrepreneur who's got low um, revenue or low money to put into a game, then JVs is a good place to start because they're going to get a quick yeah. start. And yeah, also yeah. they understand a lot. I think in a lot of cases when you talk to people, even sometimes you get no, you know, you're going to learn something. So I think mm. it's a great way to kind of test the market. If you can't sell your product at scale, to someone that can sell it at scale and you, you maybe you've got a problem with your product so i think it's Correct. a learning curve in that as well yeah it's a big baptism of fire too because you're facing a lot of fears as well which is actually having a conversation with people and it's not you know direct sales so it's less invasive but it, it's a good way to start and mm-hmm. um it's a lot of learning involved yeah, and a lot of growth uh but you're utilizing the number one marketing strategy even jay abraham you know he says mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the number one marketing strategy. He's the number one marketing wizard or guru. And um, yeah, so people will be silly not to be using it, especially in today's world when Facebook's less reliable than ever and, you know, ad spends going up through the roof. It's... Yeah, I think the bubble's boosting. I think people have to actually do the hard work again. <laughs> so that's my opinion. Yeah. So I think yeah, you've got to go yeah. back to the old ways that used to work because I think yep. social media and that was just the short-term bubble that allowed people to be lazy and now they mm-hmm. may have to come back and actually do the work. So I think it's um, it'll yeah. certainly root out the, the good ones and the bad ones in that process, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Because then no one's, if you're not good enough, then people won't endorse you. Um, mm. So yeah, have a good product, have a good service, know how to deliver and deliver accordingly and make sure you do. Yeah, <laughs> just make sure you do. Cool, cool, man. So if someone wants to get in touch with you and, and talk about the world of JVs, what's the best way to get hold of you? 
Yeah, look, uh, LinkedIn's the best way. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. It's Jace Webster. You can also look up Joint Venture Marketing. Uh, it's the um, it's the page on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also contact me at JV at jointventuremarketing.com. And from there, um, yeah, I'll always respond accordingly. Just uh, make sure it's a nice message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Where's my mind? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Thanks, man. And I'll uh, we'll put the links up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, we'll put the links up on the site and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, mate. Cheers. That's a wrap on another awesome episode for the Startup Secret Show for Nepanors. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at startupsecrets.show right now. Until next time, if you're an editor or make a start on your next great business idea today.